Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, hour two, home improvement, rain in the forecast, Helitech in the studio. I think we've got the perfect storm brewing ahead. We've got lots of things happening in the Midwest. And, of course, CamWex, welcome to the CamWex family. So glad you've tuned in. I am very pleased to be part of your invitation into your home by coming through this wonderful miracle of radio. So many various things. Uh, Randy, golly, Randy Pantano of Helitech Waterproofing and foundation repair randy thanks for coming in and sticking with us for a part of the second hour then appreciate your coming yeah, thanks for having us now uh i heard rick wallace say that we've got rain coming tomorrow night and then thunderstorms you know in the listening area on monday uh we're following up behind a uh drought you know what t- tell me the future you've been around this uh you've been riding this sphere called earth for quite a while uh in the foundation repair biz what's what's ahead Yes, a lot of leaky basements. Unfortunately, what happens here, because you've got the two extremes, when the clay is wet, it swells. When it dries, it shrinks. And so we've had the drought. The soil's pulled away. Uh, You can actually see the cracks in your yard, especially where the soil meets the foundation. There's usually like a quarter-inch gap. And so now there's no more paths for the water to come in at. That's what happens. And, uh, you know, we've we've heard time and time again, get the water away, keep the water away, and have your gutters extended, especially your downspouts. You don't want them next to the house like that. You and I were chatting off the air about that. So many homeowners have downspouts that just disappear uh, underground and they have no idea where they go. Yes, I so often I see that where they have buried underground, which is good, into a drain tile system or, you know, the corrugated pipe or the PVC, mm-hmm. but never know where the end is. It's, it even have some pumps with discharge lines that go outside and have no idea where they go to. So I, especially this time of year, like Sunday night, severe thunderstorms, uh, you've got a lot of times it'll it'll clog at the other end of it with grass and dirt, and if you don't keep it clean, so it's very important to take a garden hose and have a clean out on it, or even go up on a roof at the downspot area and make sure that's drained properly once it's into the ground. It's not enough just to have them in the ground; it's got to exit the daylight. Yeah, the water has to go away. You mm-hmm. just can't have a pipe going down there that dumps somewhere. The somewhere mm-hmm. could be the basement. That's correct. It always seek the lowest level, which unfortunately is your basement. Yeah. And, and you know, in the city, uh, University City, the urban areas in St. Louis City, uh, a lot of those older high-density areas that were built 100 years ago, you know, the building enforcement had all those downspouts draining into underground system that went into the sanitary sewer. And they're, you know, so most of the pipes in, you know, the older parts of town go right underneath the sidewalk there. Yes, all of Clayton was like that, and now MSD is currently changing that all summer long. If you go in Clayton, you see the roads tore up and things like that. MSD is is having them change all that in, in Clayton. Yeah, some about MSD, they don't like treating train, drain water. Uh, somehow they signed on only for sanitary sewers, but by golly, we're dumping all our, you know, surface water runoff. And I don't know, they get a little bit of an attitude when we ask them to do twice the job they're paid for. They can't control the volume of water a lot of times when you have the, the 100-year floods like this, and it just overwhelms the system. Yeah, it yeah. It wasn't designed for that. Old systems, new systems. So, yeah. you know, it, back, you know, even 20 years ago, we were required to put them down into that system. Now... You know, from the EPA down to the state, down to the county, down to the various cities and municipalities. Nope. Pull that apart. You've got to have just the affluent, you know, from the bathrooms, the black water, as they call it, uh, be treated by MSD. So, Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, that's why people are hearing so much about all these MSD, you know, the big um, uh, bond issues, the whole things. Uh, this is the right thing to do, but for heaven's sakes, it's kind of a forced march and it, and it is coming down. You know, this is not a, a Missouri originated or St. Louis City originated or University City originated topic. This is something that is being required that uh, we separate those two waters and then do a better job of treating the water. So, yeah, and, you're still keeping it that way in the city, though, but unfortunately yeah. it goes into clay tile or cast iron. So a lot of people have water problems in their basement in the corners because that's where the downspot is cracked underneath the ground. Yeah, and uh, hundred year old clay yes. tile or yes. hundred year old, uh, you know, cast iron. That stuff mm-hmm. doesn't last that long. Yeah, so therefore, in that case, you would separate it and take it to daylight. Yeah, versus wow. in the sewer. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about that and more. We've got phone lines open, folks. 314-436-7900, 436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. Randy Pantano of Helitech will be here with us a few more minutes. Uh, let's see if we can sneak in one and see what's happening with Nancy. Nancy, thank you for your patience. Appreciate your hanging with us. How may I help you? Um, this is a little bit out of boundaries, but I, uh, we had a new air conditioning unit put into our master bedroom and bath and last summer. Mm-hmm. And I turned it on a couple of days ago just to cool down the, the bedroom. And uh, there was this horrible smell. And I think that we have stink bugs in the air conditioning unit. Um, I looked on the Internet. Is that possible? Oh, anything's possible because your register on the wall, you know, is big enough for any uh, bug to get it. You can get stink bugs in there. You can get uh, ladybugs, a- anything. Uh, does it smell mildewy, Nancy, or is it uh, more like a stink bug? Well, I've had, a, I've seen like two stink bugs in my life and it's, I think it's more like a stink bug, but it could be mildew. It smells kind of like they described it on the internet as stinky socks. Think you saw. Well, now keep in mind, here's here's another thing that could be happening. Um, and, you know, frankly, it's um, I don't know how to say that it's just common that you get a new air conditioner. The air conditioner is more efficient, so it gets colder or like this past summer, we had some very hot days. So that air conditioner ran and ran and ran and ran and your ductwork got really, really cold. And what that means is really cold is it condenses. So you get water droplets that form. Sometimes down in the basement, you'll see a white powdery dust on the outside of your ductwork. That also happens on the inside of your ductwork. So your AC runs and runs, gets cold. The condensation, little water droplets form inside and outside the ductwork. And then the air conditioning fan stops. And it sits there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so think what happens in your shower when it gets wet and you close the shower door or curtain and you don't dry out that shower. You start growing mold and mildew and things. So keep in mind that this may be the consequence of a really hot summer as well as the combination of a really cold air. Everything could be working just right. And the consequences okay. are, yeah, so I would, um, I, I would. That's kind, great. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, before you start opening up your checkbook on this thing for staying stink bugs or whatever, I, I would run your furnace blower, just turn it to on year round and run it that way. Uh, and that tends, what happens is when your AC stops, you have those water droplets. That's okay. But you need to dry them out pretty quickly before they start, you know, growing corn or soybeans or, you know, row crops like that. So uh, that blower so motor. It's not you, the air conditioner. It's the, it's the blower. 
Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's the smell in your ductwork. You've you've properly assessed yes. that I've got you know a smell coming out of my ductwork. But if you dry it out, like running the the vent fan in a bathroom or opening a window went after a shower, your shower dries out and nothing starts growing on it. It just dries out. So I don't need to turn the air on and like let it all go through or anything like that. That would make it worse. No, you're okay. It, you, you're there. I would just run the blower motor all the time so that anytime you have condensation, instead of growing something on that damp, stagnant air that's not moving, you're running the blower and it just dries out those water droplets from that AC. And then your cold air conditioning goes on when it needs to cool off. Or in the wintertime, your furnace goes on and creates heat, you know, but your blower motor's running all the time. It, there, it'll cost you about, you know, $4 a month. Who cares? <laughs> right. And, you know, and okay. the smell. But, you know, if you grow some goodies inside your ductwork, it'll cost you a whole lot more than $4 a month. Okay. So that's great. Yeah. I'll do it. Thank you. Low tech. Turn the blower I motor knew you, on. I knew you'd know the answer regardless. Well, sometimes it's not welcome. And, and, you know, I do deliver some bombshells every now and again. This one, I don't think it is. Just run no, the blower I think motor. it's minor. Yep. Thank you. Right on. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Home Improvement. Scott Mosby. Randy Pantano. Helitech. Scott. Scott Mosby, Camel X, we are at your service. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, Scott Mosby, Randy Pantano of Helitech. We are at your service. I have phone lines, a few more seats in the back of the, the room. Come on in, get settled. I know it's lunchtime. Bring your sandwich with you, your soup, whatever you're having for lunchtime. Dial it in. I know you've got a question. It's 436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. And toll-free, 800-925-1120. That's 800 800- 925-1120. Randy Pantano has been able to stick with us here, so he's still in the studio. And let's uh, see what's happening here with our caller, Ron. Ron, good afternoon. Lunchtime, Cam Wex. How can we help? Um, we have to replace our five gallon, a 50-gallon hot water heater, and I'm told uh, that we would now have to install an expansion tank. So uh, I'm wondering uh, about the factors to consider to go with a tankless uh, water heater system. Um, well, it's kind of a capital charge. Uh, uh, a tankless water heater has a capacity. So it's like getting the right size engine to put on a truck. So you can get big tank, big capacity tankless water heaters, small capacity tankless water heaters. You've likely seen them in uh, fast food restaurants as little things hanging on the wall underneath the sink. Very common in there. Um, so a tankless water uh, heater is going to cost you about three to four times the cost of a regular water heater. But the issue is it's going to cost you about a quarter of the cost to operate it because when you need hot water is the only time this thing's going to come on. Now, keep in mind, you still moving water uh, heaters closer to the point of use. So if you have a chimney on one end of the house and then the kitchen and the bathroom are on the other end of the house, you're still going to have that delay of 10, 20 seconds before the hot water gets there. So oftentimes we try to move that water heater closer to underneath the kitchen, underneath that bathroom, uh, underneath the master bedroom on the second floor. And keep in mind that they are electric and they are gas. 
Uh, the gas has to be mounted on an exterior wall. It can't be installed on an interior wall. Typically, there are systems that can. Uh, I love tankless water heaters. And another thing, Ron, uh, what's happening is you're now seeing something called a hybrid tankless water system. And it is a, a tankless, but it has a little 5 or 10-gallon tank with it. So that when you wash your hands, you're just using one gallon of hot water instead of turning on the big tankless system. You follow what I mean? Yes, but um, my assumption was I wouldn't have to have the expansion tank installed if I used a tankless. Uh, Engineering-wise, that is. I'm not sure how the code uh, sees that because sometimes one size fits all. Uh, I'd have to defer that to an actual licensed plumber. Uh, But without a tank... Um, it would be my expectation that it does not need an expansion tank because there's not okay. there's nothing there's nothing to control. You don't need a pressure you know temperature and pressure pop off valve. So that would be my expectation. I can tell you, I don't think I've ever seen an expansion tank on a tankless. But sometimes they mess with the building code and and it takes a little time. For example, um, a waterless urinals for many many years still needed cold water run to them, even though they didn't get hooked up. So sometimes it takes a while for this new technology to catch up. Follow. You're saying, though, if it's a gas-fired um, tankless system, it would have to be mounted outside? Uh, no, on the inside of a exterior wall. So you can't put it in the middle of the house if it's ah. if, because basically it's a huge blast furnace that heats the water as it flies by through the copper pipes. So it, it creates a lot of hot water fast. Uh, and therefore, it creates a lot of flue gases fast. It, you know, it's a blowtorch. Ah. And so okay. you need that flue pipe to exhaust on a direct, it's like a direct vent fireplace. It has to go right through that exterior wall or within four or five feet. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, that would be uh, an issue then because uh, ours is currently on an interior wall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's, uh, now keep in mind, uh, you don't have to go all the way. Uh, to that hybrid or tankless, you can get high recovery, high energy, and they have power vent exhaust. So you can get a very high efficiency water heater in a conventional tank that will have the expansion tank on it. But they also have a powered uh, flute pipe to where you can mount it on the inside. And it's going to be probably 70% as efficient as a tankless but a whole lot better than your conventional water heater. So, you know, you don't have, you know, the 10% conventional one and then this 100% tankless. You've got all kinds of models from in between there. So you've got a lot of good choices between those. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, good. Go for it, Ron. Just keep asking questions. If you, if you can find a really good plumber that you, you know, trust that you've had, you know, service, you know, it's a partnership deal. And, and you know, th- have that conversation because these plumbers have been selling better water heaters than your standard stuff forever. That's kind of their stock and trade is when you put a warranty behind it for the workmanship, then you have to buy good equipment, you know. So plumbers tend to love it when people want better water heaters. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Good, good question. Thanks, Ron. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye now. And Randy, so many things you and I were chatting about the maintenance on a tankless water heater. You know, you know, sometimes they need a little bit of maintenance. Yes, yes. It's once a year that, that needs to be flushed as well. You know, some, so many things, they sound good up front, and they are, but to get to return your investment, it's like these geothermers. Uh, 
get her to know it's hundreds of dollars in the stall and it's 25 years to get a return on your investment. So, right. Well, well you know, hopefully you're staying in the house in a while to get to get your return. But yes, there's always maintenance. Yep. Yep. There, mm-hmm. uh, this maintenance free house, uh, is a relative term compared mm-hmm. to what it's like, well, compared to the one that needs to be painted all the time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I understand. Well, we've got some phone lines, 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120. Uh, Randy, th- there are lots of things that happen. Uh, tell me about your crack repair at Helitech and also some of your fiber reinforcement. You know, y- there you've got a whole array of You've got all kinds of tricks to fix foundations. Can you tell me about some of those um, um, more higher technology things? Mm-hmm. Yes, the normal shrinkage cracks we run in and day in and day out. Even brand new homes uh, have this. It's very common you know, with good old Missouri clay. And we do your typical uh, epoxy injection, actually a, co- a combination of epoxy and urethane. Uh, so epoxy sealant and then the injection, urethane injection is actually what goes inside the full eight inches of concrete outside of soil. So. Uh, a lot of homeowners will try to do it yourself type mm. hydraulic cement or dry lock paint and it's just like a band-aid where the injection actually goes through the wall and you don't have to dig outside to do that you can do a full injection from the inside and that's the only thing a home inspector will accept mm. is a, an injected crack repair they don't really mm. you know trust anything else yeah that's correct and, and that's why we're able to give a lifetime warranty with that mm-hmm. and then some of your more severe cracks that have previously epoxied and failed or wider cracks uh, v-shape we have what's called a carbon bond uh, application that adds some tensile strength or some structural carriage to the wall too and actually bridges that crack uh, to one piece again and uh, airplanes are made out of that the, the, uh, if you've seen the the uh, Fighter jets they have the, are made of carbon. Oh, yeah. So it's, a, it's an old technology. It's now used in, in the basement technology industry as well. Really mm-hmm. strong stuff in a small package. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bulletproof vests. Um, yes. Some of the right. Boeing bomb, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's pretty commonplace. Yep. Lo and behold, it's in our basements now, too. Yes. All right. Randy, uh, thanks for sticking around here. Uh, you know, I appreciate your stopping in. Uh, what's the phone number and uh, uh, website for Helitech again? Yes, we can be reached at 1-800-246-9721 or online at helitechonline.com. Thanks for stopping and giving up part of your Saturday. Yes, my pleasure. All right. Randy Pantano, Helitech. This is Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Stay tuned. More coming up. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, we were live and lively. Great calls. Let's get started with Frank. Good afternoon, Frank. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Um, We're having trouble with the drain, uh, water passing, you know, leaving uh, uh, quickly out of our kitchen sink. Mm -hmm. And there's a little stub out under there that goes up maybe 12, 14 inches and has a air admittance valve on the top of that. We take that off and run about a half a basin of water down through there. You, and if you hold your hand on that little stub, you can feel air pressure against it. But And we had trouble here not too long ago with the water backing up and running out of that because it's below the level of the, of the basin. Yes. So I'm wondering, can you explain a little bit about the requirements for venting on that type of situation? 
Well, the air vent is is primarily makeup air behind what's called the slug of water. So when you put your hand over that, if everything's working properly, you should not feel pressure but suction. That is an air inlet valve primarily that as the water flows down rapidly inside that pipe, it, it will push the air ahead of it and it will draw a vacuum or suction behind it there, Frank. So if you feel any kind of pressure, you have a blockage somewhere. Uh, and frankly, I think you've got a block drain line below there if you've got any kind of backup like that. Um, they're, they're kind of code approved sometimes if you really have to have them. Generally, the, uh, the traditional vent out through the roof is the way that's more bomb-proof and reliable. But I think you've got, uh, or I would certainly start checking about a blockage in the drain line down from that sink. Okay. Well, that basically answered my question. And we, 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 the water does go out, but and it's, we've got about a 12 feet of across the basement uh, bathroom there, where that upstairs kitchen sink runs across. It yeah. doesn't have a lot of pitch to it, ah. a lot of drop. So we probably maybe have a problem there. Yeah. Some of those um, oh lye lye based uh, Drano type things. Do they are they pretty are they effective? Uh, some are effective, but they also eat the pipes out as badly as they do. You know, they can cause as much damage as they fix. So I'm not a big fan of the chemical things. And, you know, by the time you have a blockage like this, it's time for, a, you know, a drain cleaner guy and not really a chemical, like a root or uh, snake, snake or, something. or something. Okay. All right, Trevor, thank you very much. Okay. okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And then, and Frank, to follow that up, uh, I wanted to do this uh, because of the echo. Um, after you get that drain opened and flowing, uh, then, you know, with a traditional snake cleaning system or pressure washer, but a professional guy coming in, that's when you need the, the uh, Ridex type thing. That's when you, uh, because a, a snake cleaner will knock the clog out or move the blockage, uh, the issue, it doesn't really take a whole lot of the grease out that might line, especially on a kitchen. So you can use a pressure washer drain cleaner, and they tend to scour the pipe because it, it's like a car wash, you know, with a 360 nozzle on the end that literally pushes the grease out and downline as you go. Uh, but absent that, uh, then that's why I like the, the Rid-X because it'll go after that grease and it starts digesting or trying to digest that grease, you know, for uh, years as long as you put it in there. Uh, next up, let's see what's cooking here with Neil. Hey, Neil, Scott here. How can I help? Good afternoon, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have a, uh, an older house, not too old. It's built in the mid-60s, and my main truck duct line for HVAC system, I noticed uh, it's styrofoam, and when, uh, when anytime we run the system, it seems like there's a lot of dust build up. How worried should I be about, uh, one, replacing it to a metal duct? For one, efficiency, and two, health as far as like, getting the dust yeah. uh, out of the system. There, there's a thing called duct board that uh, really, that what that's what you're describing. It, it's a uh, fibrous one-inch duct piece that gets bent up. It, is it silver on the outside with kind of a foil thing? No, it's actually, it's all like, it's almost like a styrofoam peel. It's blue. Um and I, I just blew in a bunch of new insulation last winter, and I know the trunk line's not very efficient because I'm I'm seeing some of the stuff being sucked up and blowing out of the registers. Yeah, there's uh, your answer. The there's yeah. your answer right there, Neil. That that uh, number one, even if it is duckboard or some sort of a fibrous material, blue or whatever. Um, 
it's an economical way to get an insulated duct. It doesn't have the condensation issues, which is a plus, but it's also a fibrous, usually fiberglass type material, and it's a rough surface on the inside of the ductwork. So I'm not a big fan of, of ductboard ductwork um, or where, you know, even insulation on the inside of the ductwork, which is common in heating and cooling. Uh, and if you've got any kind of leakage, I would certainly look very hard into that, Neil. I would follow your instincts on that. If you don't trust it, you've got to get to where you do trust it, whatever that means. So I, I would certainly check it out. All right, great. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. You have a good day. Right on, Neil. Take care. And and that's a Neil brings up a good point is, you know, I'm not comfortable with what I'm seeing. I don't it doesn't look bright to me. And and from a consumer standpoint, that's all you need to know. I trust it, I sleep well, it's carefree. I don't trust it, I'm worrying about it. Well, wait a minute, you're right, paid for it once. At least you should be able to depend on this stuff. So that's when you call in, you know, a pro, look a little more deeply, you know, disease, uneasiness, it's all the same stuff. It's like, I'm not feeling so good. I think something, you know, isn't quite right on my ductwork, dust, you know, I'm, I'm seeing insulation coming out of my register. Yeah, perfect. That's the time for Neil or, or any other consumer to start looking a little bit harder, maybe call a pro. Let's see what's cooking here with Bob. Hey, Bob, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on KMOX, my friend. Hi, Scott. Hey, I have a 14-year-old house. I have a mowing uh, faucet in my bathtub that keeps leaking. Mm-hmm. And I did the YouTube thing, and I looked at it, and there's a brass insert. I took it all apart. Not exactly sure how to take it out, and I'm kind of wondering if it's beyond my skill or should I have a real plumber come in and do it? Um, I'm afraid of damaging it. Well, so. when yeah, when you get into those deck tubs and those faucets, uh, it's probably time to get a pro to come in on that. Uh, likewise, because the access, be prepared to, to get to it sometimes is from the underside. So, you know, your step or access panel may need to be uh, moved. Uh, and the other thing is, is, uh, you know, Bob, be prepared because when you bring in a plumber, by the time you look at a 14-year-old faucet and then you pay the plumber to come in and say, yeah, it needs attention, you're almost better off to just go in and have the plumber change it, replace it or replace it yourself because it's it's going to be an expensive transaction one way or the other but you know investing deeply in a 14 year old tech you know mowing technology uh, uh, you know i'd be careful with that you also have to buy a special tool i've been reading i just it doesn't make any sense for me to buy a one-time tool yeah for that yeah I, for a I, second question yeah sure i have uh in my basement when they poured it they put expansion uh, joints in the basement with the, I guess they call them zip strips back then. Nice. When I the house. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, the wife is really paranoid about how the expansion joints are, you know, opening and closing. I think they're no more than they're probably less than the, than a, maybe a, not even a quarter inch at, at the widest. And it opens and closes all the time. Is that anything to worry about as or is, is there, is there a time that I need to worry about that if it gets too big? No, Bob, frankly, it is working perfectly. Uh, 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 kudos to your floor contractor or builder to recognize that movement. Um, so when it's opening and closing like that, that's why they put the zip strips in there, and that is exactly their purpose. So where it might be a good question, you know, it doesn't look right, feels funny, ask a question. But frankly, this is a system that's working really well, in my opinion. 
Okay, and what about like the the spider cracks? I, I guess a lack of better name, like in the cement walls. I mean, is that something to worry about? And they're just very thin cracks. I'd never get any water in the house. Never up through the basement. I, I kind of I'm in a walkout basement, so it's really drained away from the house. Yeah. So uh, problems. Bob, those are usually shrinkage cracks, um, and they may be on the surface of the foundation only, but even if they are, they tend to be shrinkage cracks where the water left the concrete and it, and then the concrete shrunk behind it. As long as they're not a big issue, uh, generally these are reinforced steel foundations, so not a cause for concern. If you start getting water through it or they start looking different, uh, that's, that's really it. If they're not a problem and they look the same and they're just cracked, you know, they're just cracks. It's like you and me getting wrinkles. But gotcha. if something changes, now it's time for the pro. That's when you need to get Helitech in there and get somebody to put some eyes on them. All right, Scott. I, you know, I probably should have had you talk to my wife with a calendar down. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really, that's one of the biggest missions I have is is really just saying, you know, this is a wrinkle. No cause for concern. Actually, it's working. And uh, when you drive into a parking garage at a shopping center and you go over those rubber expansion joints, those big, they're, they're pretty right. big. That's the same thing as what's in your basement. So you have the little brother to that. And honestly, most contractors do not put those in. So I, I would say they had cause for concern. They looked at the soil. It's like maybe we need some zip strips, expansion joint. So I, I, I think it's a good thing. Okay, great. I appreciate the information. Thanks. All right, Bob. Good question. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's take a short pause, come back for more. Camoex Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby, thanks to Randy Pantano, who came in and spent the first hour and a half with us here from Helitech. He had to get back to his real life. I'm yours here for the next 10 minutes. Stay tuned. We've got more things coming up here at 1 o'clock on Camoex, the Rick Edelman Show, and then, as usual, the business of family business with Ryan Recker here on Camoex, 3 p.m. today. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, wrapping up Hour 2, Rick Edelman coming up soon. Next to the phone lines, let's talk with Dave. Hey, Dave, Scott here. Uh, hi, Scott. Uh, uh, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a question uh, pertaining to the water pressure uh, in my house, mm -hmm. and uh, I just uh, took a reading with my pressure gauge, and uh, and the gauge goes, of course, uh, up to 100 pounds, uh, but uh, the reading went uh, beyond 100 pounds. Whoa! Okay, and I do have in the water line, you know, where the water supply coming in from outside, there is a pressure regulator. Okay. And then, of course, after that, uh, inside the house also, I have a, a you know, the shut-off valve. Mm -hmm. So my problem is uh, somebody was telling me that it should be 50 to 60 pound in the house. So, so I'm, I'm concerned about it. And uh, what do you think? What should be the house uh, pressure? Uh, never more than 70 PSI. Uh, basically, you will prematurely wear out the solenoid valve in your clothes washer, your dishwasher, because the the pressure is so high, those springs and that system is really designed for less. So you're going to prematurely need service on those appliances. Sure, sure. 
Uh, and, and it's your pressure regulator generally. Some neighborhoods do that because they want to get more volume and flow for, you know, the fire department, things like that. Um, but it's a pressure reg, And when you have 100 PSI, Dave... No, uh, it's more than 100 PSI. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You're, yeah. you're, you're in trouble. I mean, it's this is, you know, it's time. You need a plumber to come in here and replace that uh, pressure regulator and make... You need a pro to make sure this is worked out right soon. Yeah, I had it replaced, oh, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. So apparently, I guess. So you think it probably broke down? Oh, yeah. 100 PS, I mean, uh, it's going to wear out fast because most pressure regulators are trying to gauge from 85, maybe down to 60. Yeah, Uh, I looked at this one. It says 50 to 70. No, I'm sorry. 25 to 75 is the range. Yeah. You're, okay. Yeah, you're blowing the doors off that pressure regulator, and you're like, you, you didn't get 15 years out of it, or else it would still be working. You know, I would, I would check your pressure at least every three to five years, um, because it, with that much pressure, you're going to wear them out fast. Okay, because I know my flush valve in my toilet. I find that I replace it every two, three years. You know, maybe that has something to do with it too. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. You're right on target here. Okay, sir, I appreciate your help. And can I ask you one quickly, one more question? Yes. Okay. I had, you know, whenever we had a torrential rain in the, you know, this uh, spring or summer, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the only time that the water shows up in my basement, uh, and it shows up only at the floor level, not on the uh, from the walls or anything like that. Yep. And so apparently I think I do have this water... Uh, uh, drainage uh, issue from the roof uh, and, of course, from the backyard. Yeah. Now, do you think uh, if I were to get someone uh, to, uh, you know, uh, drain the water away from the from the outside wall, would that help? Oh, yeah, that's the first step. Um, frankly, Randy Pantano and I were chatting about that today, that... Um, it, you need some people need foundation waterproofing, but you don't want to make your foundation leak. So you've got to get drainage and grading correct, and the downspouts flowing away from the house because you may be causing the water problem with gutters and downspouts and poor grading. So you're exactly correct. So uh, is it also necessary? You no, know, one of my friends, I think they had uh, installed a sump pump. So should I go one way or the other, or the, which way should I go? Uh, both ways. You start with the outside grading. Make sure you're not causing the foundation leaking. And when you when you do all that work and it's and the basement still leaks, that's when it's time for uh, foundation waterproofing and a sump pump. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate your help. All right, Dave. Good luck, my friend. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wow, 100 PSI or more. That is a lot of water pressure. For all of you out there that are having dribbling shower experiences in the morning, (laughs) dream on. Let's see what's happening with Harry. Hey, Harry, good afternoon. How can I help, sir? Uh, Yeah, Scott, i got about 30 feet of uh, plastic fence out here in the back, Uh and uh, it's got that fungus on. I heard you talk about that before, but I I, I don't know what the best stuff is to get that off of there, yeah. 
It's just like washing a car, uh, Harry. It's low-tech uh, chlorine bleach, but basically uh, on the north side and when it grows, you just need a bristle brush, a stiff bristle brush. Just scrub this thing like you're washing a car or it better, you know, like wheels on your car. But detergent first and then rinse it and scrub it with the bleach. And if in the real persistent places, you may just need to spray clear bleach on it and, and uh, let it sit. But it, it'll go away. You'll be surprised. Okay, uh, and, and I got a spots on the gutters also, same thing there. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty much the same. Usually you'll have a residue. You may need something like a crud cutter, K-R-U-D-K-U-T-T-E-R, or an old-time um, uh, detergent to scrub those uh, uh, gutters because they have a milling oil that's holding the moisture. That's where you're having the problem. Okay, very good. Appreciate it. your oh. program. Thank you, Scott. All right, Harry, bye, bye now. Home Improvement, Camo X. Stay tuned. Rick Edelman next after news, weather, and sports. Welcome to the Camo X family.